Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the Pure Worship Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Dio, and my total passion in life is to do anything and everything I can to help you get closer to God. I figure if we can do that, it's going to impact every other area of your life. From your finances, to your family, to your job, and without a doubt, your eternity. Sure, we'll talk musical worship, but more than anything, we'll talk fellowship and real friendship with our Heavenly Father. Abundant life done right. Today on the Pure Worship Podcast, I have an inviting conversation with my inspiring co-host, Josh Edwards, on the topic of awakening pure worship in me. Now, the heart behind this podcast is to shed some serious light on the idea that each one of us can actually cultivate a face-to-face walk with God. Not just Abraham or Moses, not just Paul and the apostles, but each one of us. You might find yourself frustrated as you hear preachers and authors and other podcasters talk about their close walks with God, believing it's just not possible for you. But we want to help you rekindle that hope, a hope that you are not left out from close fellowship with God, that in fact, he is inviting you too to be close with him in relationship. A couple things to expect. Josh and I will share some personal stories from our lives of exactly how God awakened a heart of worship in us. We believe these stories will help you in your journey to do the same, especially as we endeavor to become the worshipers God reveals in his word. Josh shares a great testimony of how even at age 14, the music of Sonic Flood was used as a tool to draw him into a deeper, more passionate friendship with God. So let me say a prayer and we'll get started. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you see each one of us, every listener and every person on the planet, and that you invite each of us into close relationship with you. I pray you would awaken a new vision in us for the beauty of this friendship and encourage us as we seek to grow closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let's get to it as we jump into our conversation entitled Awakening Pure Worship in Me. All right, so how's it going, everybody? Hey, Josh and I are just sitting here chatting and excited to be with you for this podcast. Uh, One of the things we're going to be talking about, it really is taken from the new book title, the book I just released, uh, awakening pure worship. Yep. Really, we want to kind of get into our stories. Yeah. Because the heart of this book, Awakening Pure Worship, is two things really. Number one is how did God awaken pure worship in me, and then how can He also do that for you? Yeah. For the people that are listening, you know, they may find themselves, and this is some of the stuff that I talk about in the book, but. You might find themselves in one of two spots. Number one, sometimes, you know, we just kind of give up on this idea that we could have a deep relationship with God. You know, you hear authors and pastors and preachers, and they're always talking about how you could have this intimate walk with God and and how they hear the voice of God. I remember uh, remember hearing uh, an evangelist who I won't name, but uh, who I think is amazing. But 
he would always talk about, and God said this to me and God said that. And I used to get so frustrated. I'm like, did he really just say that? Or is he just like being like super spiritual or is he just, yeah. did God really say, you know, uh, could you be that awakened to worship? Could you be that awakened to God that you could actually hear what he's saying and know that you're hearing what he's saying, you know? So Sound they're like a crazy it, person, right? Exactly. Right. Crazy. So I get frustrated with that, but but now I've cultivated that relationship to the point where I find myself sometimes saying that. Ooh, come on. Now. But I want to, I want to, you know, there are some folks that are listening and, and we've been there mm-hmm. and uh, where, where they would say, you know what, I've kind of given up because I, I, I just got the feeling that all that stuff that they've said, maybe it's just for them. And maybe it's only for special people or for really spiritual people. It's not really for me. I've tried. I've read my Bible. I've tried praying. I've tried doing these things. I just can't seem to have the same experiences that I hear other people talking about. Yep. So maybe they've given up. So I, that's one of the reasons I wrote this book because I really believe that those people, this book is for those people. Those people who said, I've given up. I just don't think I can have the kind of relationship that other people talk about. Well, I just don't think that's true. And that's why I wrote this book is to help people. And I believe that if they read it, it's going to awaken pure worship in them. And then the other group of people, and this is a little bit scary. And I think you and I also understand this is a group of people that maybe feel like they kind of have arrived already mm. and kind of like, well, I do experience that. And I've, but in, in reality, and only God knows these things. So it's not us judging whether or not, you know, but but there are people that go to church that sing songs that don't actually encounter God. Yes. They encounter uh, a song or they encounter an atmosphere. They yep. encounter an emotion. They encounter stars on a stage, singers or worship leaders or whatever like that. Yep. But they don't actually encounter God. They leave thinking they've encountered mm. God's presence and they really haven't. They've just encountered earthly things or charismatic people yep. or even enjoying other people encountering God. Yeah. I mean, so, and those are, those are scary things, but I'm praying that God will awaken those people as well. Yeah. The people that have been fooled, they actually think that they have an intimate relationship with God. And I say this with fear and trembling because I think there are, I mean, sometimes we can all be deceived, Yep. you know, but that is not what the Pharisees, the basis of the Pharisees, they, they, they didn't even know the Pharisees didn't know they were the bad guys in the story, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They, they thought they were the good guys in the story. And but we know that because we read the whole story, you know, but they actually thought they were pursuing God. They thought they were doing the right thing. And so I think that can happen to people in this day and age as well. And so my heart is that God would awaken pure worship in the Pharisee or the religious person, the person who just goes to church to clock in and and clock out that type of thing as well. So what we thought we would do is we thought we would, uh, just share some of our story. Mm -hmm. We feel like that can sometimes it's testimony, you know, basically a testimony of how God moved us from one place. Let's say it this way, how God moved us from wishing that we were awakened worshipers to the place where we're actually beginning, let's say that way, we're, yeah. or we're, we're down the line. We've been walking with God. We've be, we've become awakened worshipers and we're becoming more and more like awakened worshipers. Hmm. And so, uh, we thought we would just share some of our testimonies. And the reason the testimony is important is because I think sometimes Josh, people think that we kind of came out of the womb loving Jesus, you know? <laughs> well, you did, Jeff. I mean, d- didn't didn't you? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. I came out, like, the first words out of my mouth after I cried. You know, the doctor hit me on the butt, <laughs> and I screamed out, praise the Lord, you know? <laughs> it just came out. The first I thing. knew it. 
I knew it. <laughs> this is not true. It's Jeff, not true. why don't you tell us how it really went down? All brother. right, all right, all right. No, yeah, that's exactly right. Because because I didn't. And I still feel like I'm in that process. Yeah. I feel like I've only scratched the surface of where I would like to be, mm-hmm. where I feel like the Bible suggests that we can be. And so I'm on that journey with you. If you're listening, we're on this journey with you. We want to go deeper in the Lord. We believe that you can have greater closeness with God wherever you are in your walk with him. That's a lifelong pursuit of growing closer to God. And that really is one of the things that I'm passionate about. And just say it so simply like that. If you said to me, Jeff, what are you all about? I would say, I just want to help people get closer mm, to God. So good. That's it. It's good. So, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't come out of the womb. Uh, praising God. Now I did get saved at a young age, but this idea of passionate worship or pure worship or awakened worship or that type of thing, uh, it definitely wasn't a part of who I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, grew up in a great family. Uh, my parents loved the Lord. My parents been in full-time ministry for over 50 years. Um, uh, incredible sister, all the four of us, just a great, strong family. But uh, I don't think I really understood this idea of awakened worship. And there's, there's, there's marker points that go along. So that's what we're going to do. Josh is going to share a few marker points. I'm going to share a few marker points that happened in our lives that moved us closer toward uh, awakening worship in our lives. Uh, one of those for me is when I was in junior high. Mm. Uh, now I gave my heart to Christ when I was four, believe it or not. So I didn't come out of the womb, uh, but I did give my heart to the Lord at an early age. My, my dad led me to the Lord. Um, but you know, obviously there's a lot, you don't understand a whole lot when you're four, just enough to know, Hey, I need a savior. I need forgiveness. And then that's it, you know? Yeah. So, but when I was in, in middle school, I remember going to a camp and I don't even remember what camp it was, but there was this, there was, there was these breakout groups that you could go to. And somehow I ended up in like the Bible study breakout, breakout group. And I don't know exactly if I chose it or if I got put in it or whatever, but, um, I, this, there was this lady there and I just had this image in my head of there's about 10 of us, uh, middle schoolers. And she gave each one of this, this big, thick notebook. And she began to teach us how to read the Bible. Like, I mean, and I grew up reading the Bible, my, hmm. my dad, my mom, they taught me how, you know, but there was something special about the technique, the approach that this lady had. And she's like, all right, she challenged us. She said, Hey, I, I want to challenge you guys to read four chapters of the Bible a day. You start in Psalms, read a chapter of Psalms every day, a chapter of Proverbs every day. And these two books to me are so pivotal in my life right yes. now. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's like, you could, you can read Psalm or Proverbs like once a month, right? It's like 31 chapters. So just about every month you could go through it and just keep reading it, rotate, rotate, keep going through it. And then she would say, hey, and then grab a, an Old Testament passage and a New Testament passage. And so read four chapters a day. And I mean, this is just the beginning. Okay, Josh, but this changed my life. Hmm. I mean, and then there were, so as, as I began, I remember going home and I could see myself laying on my bed with this notebook and my Bible and I would read. And I mean, I had never been that dedicated to reading, never that focused, but this is a marker point in my life where all of a sudden now I'm starting to consume the word at a level that I had never consumed before. And it was changing my life. God was awakening my eyes, opening my eyes to be able to see his truth, to be understand the stories that I had seen on the flannel graph growing up, you know, all the study school stories and study school teachers and everything that taught me. Now it was something that I was starting to study for myself. And it was beginning to, uh, relationship with God, his word was beginning to come alive to me. 
one other thing that she taught us was, and I'm sure she taught us a lot more than I'm able to remember, but one of the other things that sticks out in my mind is that she said, she challenged us to pray for three things. And it was kind of based out of Proverbs to pray for, uh, uh, knowledge and wisdom and understanding Hmm. every day. And so I had no idea what I was doing back then, Josh, but I prayed every day when I was in middle school and through high school, I would say, Lord, would you give me knowledge, Knowledge, wisdom, wisdom, and understanding? understanding. And you know, when we're saying that a lot of times when I I use those words now, I usually put a qualifier before it because I say spiritual knowledge, Mm. spiritual wisdom, spiritual understanding, because there is also worldly knowledge, which is different than supernatural or spiritual knowledge. But that's what I was praying for. I was like, God, and I had no idea what I was doing. And I think it has changed my life. I prayed those prayers every day. And so that was one of those marker points in my life where God began to awaken pure worship in me. Yeah. So tell me uh, from your perspective, what about your situation? You know, man, we, I don't, I don't know how this is all going to go down, but really similar situation. I remember being in middle school. Um, you know, my, my story goes like this. My mom and dad, uh, got a divorce when I was six years old. They mm. were songwriters and worship leaders and they were just amazing anointing on these guys and, and, uh, just stuff went awry and they, they split when I was six. Wow. And I remember being in this really kind of schizo environment where I'm like, man, I'd, I'd be one way during the week and then I'd go to my, with my mom, then I'd be one way with my dad on the weekend. And wow. it was just, it was like oil and water and it was this kind of dichotomous living and uh, it got to the point where I hated so much who I was because of the deception and the lies that I was living in. And um, I remember when I was 13, uh, going into eighth grade, uh, I was just at my wit's end. I wanted to die, man. Like I hated who I was. I I loved the Lord, kind of like you, give my heart to Christ yep. when I was about you know five, four or five years old. But really just kind of had one like one foot in church and one foot in the world. And yeah. I just, I was a super overweight kid and just didn't like me. And, um, I love the Lord, but I was really mad at the world, mad at yeah. myself, mad at my parents. And so it just got to this point. I wanted to end my life when I went to this Bible, uh, Bible camp when I was, you know, going in my eighth grade year and the Lord just met me there. I remember sitting on, um, sitting on this sidewalk and the camp speaker came over and he just, for the first time in my life, he started declaring hmm. what he saw in me wow. and what the Lord that, that the Lord actually had a plan and a purpose and a destiny for my life. And he just started speaking this prophetically, this, this thing over me. Uh, and it, literally it, I remember that, that my heart awakened, it came to life and I'm like, Oh wait, so there's just more, there, there's more than, yeah. um, than kind of my dismal life right now of, of hating myself that the Lord actually has a plan and a purpose for me. Yes. And it was weird because even back then, like this guy was just declaring from the Lord, like God was going to use me as a worshiper and, and just, so just called me and awakened my heart to, to something greater and bigger than myself. So I think that was kind of the start of when I think of my testimony, that was when I really came alive was I was 13. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. It's amazing to think of people's lives and their testimonies. I mean, even as people are listening right now, I'm just praying that God will remind people of some things that he's done in the past. Maybe people have walked away from the Lord or maybe they've forgotten what he's done in the past. But man, he just just wants to remind us how much he loves us 
and he is there. Yeah, you know, he so has good. been there all of your life, and he is still there. And if he had, if you've had some awakening moments in the past, but you feel like those have gone away, we're declaring in Jesus' name Ooh, that on. there are awakening moments yeah. coming in your future. Maybe today is one of those, right here, right now, yes. that the Spirit of God would awaken your heart and remind you how much He loves you, that He's put His life into you, that He's given everything for you, and that you are the apple of His eye. We just declare that over you. Anybody who's listening right now. Wow. Man, I love it when it gets personal for you out there as a listener. I hope you really heard what we're trying to say to you, that God sees you right where you are. You are not alone. He's working in your heart in this moment to revitalize your passion for Him. Hang on. Trust Him. Don't give up. Hey, listen, one thing I want to make sure you understand is that we are not attempting to turn you into some kind of weird worshiper. Yeah, I know, we talk about dancing, lifting our hands, etc., you know, but, but the point is, if there's anything to celebrate in this life, isn't it our amazing Savior? If there's anything worth dancing about, isn't it the fact that our Heavenly Father has forgiven us and welcomes us into close fellowship with Him? I mean, I know we go nuts at football games and when we meet celebrities, but shouldn't it raise a red flag if we never celebrate God with the same intensity? I mean, I understand. These are tough questions, but these are the ones we're committed to asking on the Pure Worship Podcast. Hey, also, don't forget, if you need some more info or you'd like to get some free downloads, go check us out at jeffdio.com. That's right, it's jeffdio.com. All right, as we get back to the conversation, I share more about the personal encounters I would have with God in our little house in Nashville. And Josh challenges us to stop people-pleasing and instead focus on letting our guard down so we don't short-circuit our ability to build an authentic relationship with God. So hang on for the ride as we get back to the Pure Worship Podcast. (laughs) So fast forward a few years for me and uh, my wife Martha and I, after we graduated from uh, college, we went to Singapore for eight months and did some mission work over there, which changed my life. Uh, then we moved to Nashville uh, because I wanted to, uh, I wanted to be, no, no other way to say it is I wanted to be a rock star for Jesus. Yeah. You know, and I don't even mean that I wanted to be like, you know, like I, I don't think I was trying to build my own kingdom, but I thought that was the only path. Like as a musician, I thought there were two careers. You could teach or be a rock star. So, mm. you know, like I didn't want to be a teacher, which is so ironic because I am now, but, uh, <laughs> but but I, I was like, I, I want to go to Nashville. So I felt the calling of the Lord. He brought, had signs along the way. So we get there and, uh, man, it didn't happen the way I thought it would, Josh. Yeah. Like I was so naive and I think this happens to a lot of people, but I really thought that within three to six months that I would have a record deal I, back in the day of, you know, record deals and I would be on the radio and I would have a new CD and uh, although it was, I think, cassette back then, but, um, oh, yes. yeah, baby, come on <laughs> the real to real. Um, but, and then I'd be on a tour bus and, you know, going out and changing the world. And yet one year went by in Nashville, two years went by. 
three years went by. And of course, mm. now at this point, you have family members saying to you, hey, Jeff, man, like, when are you going to get a real job? You know, because you got Martha working at the, the accounting firm. <laughs> They're uh, paying the bills and you're what? Singing for 12 kids at a youth group or something, which I think is still important. But it wasn't bringing it wasn't paying the bills, you know. And so I, I was pretty broken, you know, and then four years went by and I would say even four and a half years. And I thought I had done showcases. I had done uh, three independent CDs. Uh, I thought, what is going on here? So I remember, though, uh, probably during that fourth year I, I of brokenness, I really began seeking the Lord in my alone time with him, hmm. as we referred to as the secret place. Um, in ways that I had never really done. And it was like, I would find myself, I remember, you know, this idea of dancing or shouting or lifting up my hands, that stuff was very foreign to me. Uh, but God had been teaching me and I had been reading in the word, all these things. I'm like, well, God, I want to be the worshiper that's in your word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I see this guy, David, and he dances before you. I see Psalm 149 and 150 and, 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 and it tells us that we should dance before the Lord. And honestly, sometimes I just don't really feel like dancing, you know, uh, in worship. And some people feel that that's such an odd thing. And that's, that's something that, that has, my life has changed because I actually think it's odd that we wouldn't dance. It's strange that we wouldn't find ourselves dancing for the king if we would dance for anything, whether, you know, some people say, well, I, I don't actually dance. Yeah, but if someone showed up at your front door and they had a, a $10 million check for you, I bet you'd dance. <laughs> you'd be like spinning around going, woohoo! You know, and you know, how about how about you know, a young lady? You know, when that guy gives you that ring to put on your finger, you know, you might even be a quiet person, but when you get alone with your girlfriend, you're gonna spin around in circles and think, "Oh my God, so oh, you know, so excited." So I was determined to become this 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 passionate worshiper, and so I remember days, Josh, where I would uh, I would get in my we had a, a teeny little three bedroom house, and the third bedroom was like half a bedroom, you know, it was about the size of maybe a third of a bedroom or something, you know, and I would get in there and I'd turn on some music and I remember kind of, this is an over-exaggeration, but I would look at my feet and I would say, Hey feet, the Bible says you should dance. So you're going to do this. And I would pick up one foot and move it to the left, pick up the next foot, move it to the left, you know, and I keep doing, and I was so determined because I wanted to be the, be the worshiper that God had called uh, me to be through his word. So little by little, as I would get up in the morning and I would spend time with God out of brokenness because I didn't know where my life was going. I didn't know. I thought maybe I misunderstood. Maybe I'm never going to have a record deal. Maybe I'm never going to be able to, to do uh, the music that God's called me to do. And so out of this broken place, I began to seek him and I began to dance and I began to lift my hands. Honestly, it was so awkward at first. Like, I'm like, this is so weird, like me by myself. Oh, wait, yeah, I'm not by myself. It's me and God. But I would lift my hands to him. I would get down on my knees. I would even mm. bow down on my face before him. Dude, at some point, I remember, I could see these visions of me 
our house wasn't big, but I would turn up the music super loud and I would literally run around and dance around the entire house shouting and thanking God. Now this is before, like this is, uh, there's not, there's no success happening here. I'm not like, thank you Lord for the record deal and thank you for the multi, you know, the, the gold record and this and the, that, you know. No, this is, this is just me and God out of brokenness, yeah. me seeking. And so those times where I spent with God in that little house in Nashville, Tennessee, actually in Madison, Tennessee, which is a suburb of Nashville, uh, man, it just changed my life. It started to awaken something as I put my feet to dancing, as I put my hands in the air, as I began to shout and sing out boldly, you know, not just like quietly, intimately, which I did that as well. But as I began to develop this term, I didn't want to just have a quiet time with God, but I wanted to also have a loud yes. time with God. You know, come on, baby. We use those terms, right? Quiet time, loud time. But, uh, but so that was one of the marker points in my life where God awakened pure worship in me to another level. Wow. Okay. So you're in this season right back then. And uh, so we're talking, what years is this happening, man? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so this is, this would be, we moved to Nashville in 93. And so uh, that would have been five years in, so four years in, so 97. Okay. Something like that. So, friends, <laughs> I just got to tell you what God was doing in me as a chubby little 14-year-old, 15, actually I was, I was uh, yeah, 15. So I'm just a couple years really, really fired up and, and born again and just pursuing the Lord. So for me, uh, I remember, guys, an awakening moment. And I'm, I'm guys, I just got to preface this whole story with, I'm not here to promote Jeff Dio or any of this kind of stuff, but I want to tell you guys, I, I did pay you to, to say this. You right? can just like give I, me a crisp $2 oh, yeah, bill. Yeah, right. Yeah, after, you go. <laughs> uh, but there is something that God did in me, man. And it's so weird being your friend now because I didn't even know, I didn't know you at all when I was this teenager, but like the Lord, there was this crossroads that I'm like, when I heard, the way that you worshiped. And when I heard like what Sonic Flood was really pumping out at the time, and then even with your solo stuff. So again, friends, I'm, he's not paying me to say this. This literally, um, when he was asking me, what were some awakening pure worship moments in my life? Guys, seriously, number two on my list was this moment where I remember being in Woodbury, Minnesota, and my best friend Ryan and I, we were sitting in his 1992 oh, Pontiac Sunbird or something <laughs> like that. It was an 89, actually. Nice. So there's this little, 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 uh, little dump mobile, and we're sitting in his parking, in his, in his driveway, and I'm serious, guys. My friend Ryan put in this, the pink album from Sonic Flood. And I remember we just sat back and we put the kicked the chairs back and we just listened. And we wow. just we were just weeping and tears were streaming down our faces. We're just like, this is what worship is supposed to sound like. And so really for me, I mean, obviously I'm saying musical worship. I know music yep, or yep. worship is this broad thing, but yep. it was that moment, Jeff, that it's like modeled for the first time I really understood, like, oh, this is what kind of that minstrel anointing, like what King David walked in, this is what it's supposed to sound like. And, and really, I mean, you know, from that moment on that, that was the marker that made me want to be a worship leader. It's so crazy when I hear you say that stuff. Cause I think about, I mean, you know, people like to hear stories. Okay. So you're telling a story, I'm telling a story, but some of these things that make up these stories are so, uh, not normal or, or they could be super looked at super awkward. Okay. You said that you and your buddy 
sat in a was it pickup truck? Is that what you no, said? Little, no, little little two a little, two door little, sorry. Pontiac. Yeah, but you guys sat back in your car like yeah. two guys. Yeah. Hanging teenage, out together, teenage, teenage boys. boys, and you <laughs> cried that's what they yeah. together. Yes. Now, see, somebody's gonna say, "Well, that's kind of weird," but no, this is what we're talking about. Like, it's, it's. This is what you need. Yeah. And yet, in our culture, we've said, "Oh, that's weird." Yeah. So we, I mean, you know, you hear the story of me dancing around my house. I mean, sometimes I shy away from even sharing that because people are like, "Oh, well, he's just a weirdo." This guy, Josh, he would sit with his friend his buddy in a car and they would weep uh to sonic flood songs what is happening there this is the kind of freedom that we're talking about Mm -hmm. here we're talking about getting beyond the need to please people or impress people or be super uh you know put together yeah or something like that you know that you are willing to let your guard down in front of your buddy your buddy is willing to let his guard down and realize that you have needs that are so deep that only the father can meet them. And yep. somehow this little song, which is not about the song, but you allowed this song to touch your heart deeply, allowed the spirit of God to come into your heart and, and awaken something that yep. was there all along. It's like a yep. seed. And I'm saying this to you who are listening right now, there's a mm. seed in your heart right now that needs to be watered. Yeah. And, it, and it needs to, when we say it's awakening, I picture, you, we've all watched that fast motion, like a plant when it, you stick it in the ground and then you see it grow real fast, you know, it yep. comes out and that first little, little plant that, that starts to poke out of the ground, like that's what God wants to do. He wants to awaken mm. your heart towards him. And of course the sun, the plant is growing toward the sun, right? In that mm-hmm. image. And it's just a powerful thing. What we let our guard down, we decided, you know what? I don't care if it's not the cool thing, right? Yeah. Just like a little child would let their guard down. Yes. We say, you know what? We're not gonna be too put together. We're willing to risk whatever it takes to experience God for who he is and be awakened yep. to true relationship with him. When I was leading worship one time, I was in Mankato, Minnesota, and uh, my speaking of my, my little baby girl, you know, she's <laughs> five years old. And uh, when she was about two and a half, I, I was on stage sound checking, and all of a sudden the door flies open and I heard, Daddy! And she was <laughs> hightailing it because she had heard my voice. And so she had heard me from outside and she ran in and man, talk about an an awakening. That's an awakening moment for me of just like, wow, that, that is the picture of how it should be of, we hear the voice of the father and we just come running after it. And man, to me, that's a sweet picture of just, you know, really what you're saying, man, is becoming undignified. Yeah, and exactly. being childlike in worship and man, awakened hearts, it will lead to childlike worship. Yep. I'll give you one more. Uh, before we wrap up this podcast, I remember when we were recording the Sonic Flood CD and we came to this one song. And honestly, at that time, it, it was a song that was just beginning to become known. And I personally didn't know it that well. This little song by this little cat named Matt Redman mm. called The Heart of Worship. Yes. And I really didn't know it that well. Or, or sometimes, you know how you could think you know something and you don't really know yeah. something? I think I thought I knew what this song was about. So one day I showed up at the studio, right? Brian Lennox's house, he's got a studio there. And I show up and, and nobody else is even there. And so I'm waiting, he's gonna arrive in a few minutes. And so I go into the studio and I hit play on 
the track and I get the lyrics out because I don't even know them that well. Yeah. And I hit play and I begin to sing this song. Come on, dude. Bro, I'm telling you, I broke down in the studio. I mean, I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing that I've made it. Wow. I mean, I never sought to try to build my career. I, I talk about the, the rock star thing. But in some ways, I was like, Lord, I just had this deep, transparent, overwhelming, like, revelation moment where yeah. I went, I mean, like, like terrified. Like, have we done this? Have we made worship about us? Have we made it about a song? Have we made it about goosebumps or a feeling or, or whatever? I mean, I literally, it wasn't the kind of encounter where, uh, you know, I was composed and put together or it was like, oh, it touched my heart. No, I was on the floor blubbering uh, and I was like, on. I couldn't even see, I couldn't even barely get the words out. Mm -hmm. And I was just like over, I was repenting for me. I was repenting for our world. I was like, God, I'm so sorry. We have made this about us. We've made it about an industry. We've made it about, uh, uh, you know, uh, something to achieve or, or to influence people or, or about awards or, or other things like that. But I had this incredible awakening moment by myself in the secret place, in the studio, getting ready to record this song that I should have known. And all of a sudden, God, it was like he pulled back the veil so that I could actually see what that song really means. And I'm telling you, man, it changed my life. Wow. It awakened my heart to something different. And it changed really the ministry. And I'm so glad I had that moment prior to the success of Sonic yeah. Flood and all that stuff because I never forgot that moment. Yeah. And I was like, okay, God, it doesn't matter what success you bring or what or or when the success ends or any of that stuff. I still want that. I want an awakened heart toward the heart of pure worship. Yeah. That's what I want. And so that's what you know, Josh, you and I both want for those who are listening. Yes. You know, we have encountered that. And again, we're not saying we've arrived. We're not mm. saying that that we are there and suddenly like no this is still a battle. Like yep. it's a battle for me every day because yep. I want to continue on that, that, that climb, that ascent toward God. And I want to take as many people as I can with me. I, I believe that God's given us some, um, keys and some yep. strategies that help us on an everyday basis to help awaken our hearts. And I think it's going to help other people also awaken their hearts toward pure worship. Man, I just, I just have this prayer in my heart. I just yeah. want to pray for the, for the, for the listening crowd. Uh, Lord, this is my heart. I want, um, I want you to help us worship more than singing. Yes. God, may we not just flippantly sing songs. May we not just flippantly raise our hands or flippantly dance, but Lord, I pray that there would be this on purpose, uh, this, this deep calling unto deep of your heart calling out to the depths of our heart and ours responding, Lord, that there would be this deep communion, Lord. And Lord, that we would, we, we would just truly, our hearts would engage you as well as our bodies. We'd, we would worship you more than just singing and, and all this other external stuff. Lord, I pray that the heart the internal thing would be would be firing first and so god set our hearts ablaze and may our bodies follow yes, and so yes god, we just bless yes, the, the listening yes, crowd right now and and uh, god awaken us to truly pure worship in jesus name amen amen yes this is our heart for you this is god's heart for you 
So do not give up hope. We're standing with you, believing for you to grow exponentially in your walk with God. It's what you were born for. You know it. You feel it. God is inviting you into closer fellowship, and we live to help you in this process. Do not buy the lie that you're the only person on the planet who is incapable of increased relationship with God. He loves you. It's why he went to such great lengths to reestablish relationship with you through Jesus' death and resurrection. On our next podcast, Josh and I will take a closer look at exactly what the Bible means when it uses the term God's presence. There's a ton of confusion surrounding whether his presence is an emotion, a cloud, a goosebump, or even an it. So we'll talk about this and more as we seek to encounter God's presence in everyday life on the next Pure Worship Podcast.